OCOs make rounds, never have Ox found on shakedown, lockdown, wet dreams of Fox Brown on doomsday. Ever since the wound till I'm back where my brother went, that's what my tumor say. Right above my government, Dumoulin, either unmarked or engraved, hey, who's to say? Doomsday, ever since the wound till I'm back to the essence, read it off the tomb. Either engraved or unmarked grave, who's to say? Pass the mic like Damn, man. Damn. That's, um, it's really sad news we've got, uh, in the last 24 hours, that one of the most iconic figures we've ever had in rap passed away. We didn't know about it until New Year's Eve, but he passed away on October 31st. Daniel Dulume, MF Doom, bruv, what's going mm. on, man? Why is this happening? Like how 2020 for people who have died is just ridiculous, bro. This is just, I don't know what to say. I'm, I feel very upset. I feel quite upset about it. And I didn't know, dude. Yeah, it's um, 2020 had its its last middle finger for us right, in, yeah. the, in, in the 11th hour. So, you know, 2020 had its own MF as in middle finger yeah. to us. Yeah. And um, it's crazy because a few days ago, I was thinking to myself and I hadn't reached out to you about it, but I was I was asking myself, how are we going to do the first episode of 2021? Like, what can we talk about? I know we've got stuff mm. in the archive, mm. but how can we set off 2021? And I really didn't think it would be like this. No. But, yeah. you know, as they say, in the younger circles, we move. So here we are. We do. We do. It's, um, yeah, it's really, it's really sad. Um, I, I feel very, I feel for his wife and, and, and for the people that really knew him, um, you know, we as rap fans get so caught up in almost making these artists belong to us, but he belonged to his family and those who knew him first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I honestly genuinely was in a state of shock. I was online and I just saw it and I was like, there's like, you know, we have news from the family. I was just like, and I saw the picture. I was like, uh oh. And then when as soon as I saw, the first line, I just went, ah, oh, this, this is very tough. But I think it's very important that we remember that his wife, you know, they lost her. They lo- he and his wife lost Malachi. Yes. Their, their child about what, three years ago now? I think it was three, 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 or, three or two years ago, yeah, but yeah. it's, it's very recent. It's recent. And mm-hmm. she must be going through it, bro. And yeah, I woke up, I woke up this morning. I'm like Jasmine different. Hmm. She's different. She she's different. Um, in a in an admirable way. Yeah. In a very very admirable way. I'm not gonna lie, bro. When I um I heard the news, I had just come back from a walk mm. with the missus. I logged on onto Twitter and I just saw MF Doom trending. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, new music. That was my first thing. I'm thinking right. new music, right. or you know something had just been released. And um, when I just saw, you know, rest in peace, MF Doom, and I, well, uh, Roxy was in another room. Mm. And I remember shouting through the house, I'm like, you know, Roxy, MF Doom died. And the first thing she said to me is, who's saying that? Because, you know, God God forgive me, it's like, sometimes, you know, Doom being the super villain, uh, the mad villain, you know, Victor Von and all of that, I thought, okay, is this for real? But when I told her that MF Doom had died, she said, oh, who who said it? And all I could say to her was, Everyone. That's it. Everyone. And that's when she she was like, 
oh wow so it's it's true then so she logged on to she saw everything going on and it was just it was surreal bro I, I'm not gonna lie man when I saw that he had passed on October 31st I was just like hold on you're telling me he's been dead for two months and at first I was shocked you mentioned before that sometimes we feel these people belong to us I started to think well how come we didn't know right but then after taking some time to process things and it's still very fresh I thought to myself this is a very doom way to go out yeah yeah no <laughs> it's a very doom way it's the super villain died on Halloween yeah. and they say black people can't keep secrets and I'm just like <laughs> he, he he turned that on its head too do you know what I mean yeah no I think Dart Adams said it and I think um he said 31st of October should now be known as Doomsday. Yeah, and yeah. as someone who I didn't grow up celebrating Halloween. No, um no. I come from a Christian household, you know, we don't we don't we don't rock with duppies and apparitions and them things there or, or or no 3 6 mafia at the time. But going forward I am fully prepared to doom it up every October 31st. Somehow some way whether it's a t-shirt, a mask, whatever, I will do it from now on. Yeah. Um yeah, I I when I saw it, I, I, I saw it and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And I didn't want to say anything, but I was just observing of what other people were saying. Yes. You know, the, oh, uh, this is a joke. You know, I'm confused. It's Well, it wasn't so confusing if you read it over and over. And obviously some people didn't want to believe it. Some people very made it personal about them. You know, don't, like, you you gave me a heart attack. You know, it's very, and it's like, yo, man, that's, he was a dad. You know, he he's a husband, father, like. He, he was a son to his parents. You know, this these are people. They're not arbitrary figures. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we've just always got to remember that. But I'm, yeah, I didn't know him. Like, I didn't know. I never, I don't know him. But it just, it just feels like a great sense of loss for all of us. And I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's just this impact he had on us. But I think it's because, bro, we are, we're not spectators of hip hop culture. We're actually living and breathing parts of it. God forbid, if OC was to pass tomorrow, I'm going to feel that like a family member. Yeah. Bret Hart is the same. These people have given so much of themselves and they've soundtracked much of our lives. So in some ways, we, you know, we do. We do know them. We do, we do feel a void. And what's particularly interesting about this is that as someone who was very outside of the mainstream in a way, who who didn't want that fame and didn't want that attention, his presence was still so big. Yeah. Like the outpouring and the memories and the words and the anecdotes that I'm seeing. And, you know, I don't want to dwell on this today, but I call it posthumous posturing. Mm. This is going to be like anything we've ever seen before. I don't think we, we thought Dilla was big. This is going to be different. Yeah. Like the only thing they can do for him now is put up a statue. Yeah, it's gonna be different. It it's is, and it's it's just starting. No, it it is just starting. I think all that luxurious rap, all that food rap, all of that that has risen to prominence over the last few years. Oh, everything to like this guy was a trailblazer. Like we we know, and people probably listening to this will know the history, the story of Doom. We don't necessarily need to talk about that. We know all about where he's come from. He's been in the game. He was in the game for so long. 88, 89, like he was there. He's been through that. But what he was able to do, his versatility, him being so prolific, him being so unique, um, 
Like that super villain thing is he, he touched. So like in politics, right? So I watched the West Wing, right? They talk about the third rail of politics, something that no one would touch. Doom is like the third rail of rap. I like he, that. He did. He, I like that. He is a super villain. This is the guy who just went rough mix, put it out. Oh, I'm not gonna clear a sample. Screw that. I'm gonna send an imposter to a show. He is that like he was the third. He touched things and did things in a way, even at a young age, even with KMD, right? Of course, they said like with um, the um, the sec the album when they got dropped off Electra. I'm not gonna say the work of the profanity, but um, he was hold on, <laughs> hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I know you introduce yourself today as the uh, the potty mouth of the South, but you of all people are not gonna say. The album title. Oh, you know what? My bad. I know why you're not going to say yeah, it. Yeah, now you know, understand. Because yeah, of the, fully understand. Because of what's, you know, I'm not John I can Terry. Say, I can say it though. You can say, I'm not John Terry. You see what I'm saying? I'm not John Terry, bro. I, I hear you. I don't do so that. So the album is called, for the benefit of our listeners, it's called Black Bastards. Right. And so, he, you know, he said that he would change the album cover if they asked, but they didn't. And he got his masters from all that as well, which was great. But even back then, you know, he, well, he came out when he was 18. So when that, you know, I'm not like, sure, but I know most of these guys were so young. But he go was ahead. so young, right? And mm -hmm. he went, screw that, and I'm just gonna do what I want to do. And he he stayed true to himself till the very end. Yeah, he is absolutely the third rail of rap. No one is touching that. No one's gonna even bother. Like they will try. Imitators will always try. There's only one doom. There's only this guy is just. Like, I'm read. I'm reading stuff around how he would construct raps, and it makes so much sense now. It was um article I read in the New Yorker. Uh, it was like a profile that he did. And they were talking about how he was talking to the journalist about how he'd write his stuff. And he even showed the reporter, the journalist, his note, his his rap book, his rhyme book. And basically, you know, I would just listen to a beat and write the funniest thing I could think of. Just write funny things. And then he'll construct it. Like, this guy was a G. And he's a... <clears throat> remember, he's just not a rapper and a producer. He's an arranger as well. He arranged his shit. I read an interview today and I think it might have been um, a retrospective on Operation Doomsday by Dar Adams. Don't quote me on that. Right, right. But right. what he used to do, um, particularly for that album, he would sequence the beat yeah. the way he wanted it and then record everything in one take. Wow. If he messed up, he'd do it all over again. So speaking from the perspective of, of an MC, myself, we have... Um, there's a certain competitive, a competitive nature within us to do a verse in one take. You right, know? right, right. I'm the kind of person, if I need to punch in, it's all about the, the best listening experience. But sometimes we like to do our little one take thing. But the fact that he did that on that album, that blew my mind because it's not just your, your typical ABC rap. This is, this is intricate, God-level pen game, as Kaiser would call it. It's, it's, it's science. It's alchemy. It's audio alchemy. He did, that was taking place he, and you mentioned that he was a trailblazer i need to be honest because i don't want to perpetrate or half step i didn't get it at first i really didn't get it it's really it's important for me to say this that i've been reflecting a lot and operation doomsday came out at a very pivotal point in my life it came out at the end of my teen years mm, mm. and just before my young adulthood Right. So I didn't really know who I was at that point. Right. Just finished college. Uh, I had uh, friendships had dissolved. Some new friendships had uh, had taken shape. First job, you know, relationships, just life in general. So I wasn't sure of who I was or who I wanted to be. I was very much Rockefeller. 
at the time. Mm. Yeah, I was like G Robeson and them man there. So I didn't get it, but it's only until our good friend Jameson worked at HMV and I remember speaking to him one day and I was like, I said, bro, like, what? Selling, who's selling? Because you would know, you work on the desk. I said, you know, was it Jay-Z? Is it, you know, is it Nas? He said, bro, he said, this this mad villainy Quasimodo stuff is just flying off the shelf. Yeah. yeah? He's like, yeah, that's what's selling. So I didn't really get onto Operation Doomsday until, you know, maybe, it would have been maybe five years it's, 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 after it's an, it came out. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think that's just, a, it's, a, it's like you said, um, uh, a product of the time that you were going through. Um, I think that what he he's been able to do throughout his whole career is is be authentic to himself. I think that is super important to any artist. That to any person, you have to be authentic, and he's remained that throughout. Um, Doomsday is. I mean, you could you could go through that album. It's in, He's got classics, right? The thing yeah. about Doom, he's got classics. It wasn't about commercial appeal. It's about what he wanted to do, the, the the music he wanted to make, and and his versatility. You, you're talking about a guy who is so versatile. So you've got, okay, say Rhymes and Dimes, okay? For example, Raid. I love Raid from Mad Villain. Raid, I think, was in uh, Boondocks episode. It was scoring a scene in the Boondocks. That's right. Episode. Love that. I Listen, I want to play Raid just a little because I love Raid, right? It's just, it's a personal favourite of mine. Okay. But then you've got like um, Knock Knock. He done like he featured on that song with Med in Blue. Uh, Gazillionaire with Dilla. Um, was it Congo? Coco Mango Diced with uh, Damu the Damu, Fudge Monk. Damu right? the Fudge Monk. Yes, right? yes. All of those songs, sounds... Very different. Mm. We're not even getting to start. Yeah. Even like Bomb Throne with uh, SARS. Like, this Dude, I was listening to that song just before we jumped on his call. That's one of my, my favorite Doom songs of recent years. This is... I love that beat. You could I love go, that beat. You could go through it like uh, Cookie Chips. I mean, the sound, like how vi- the vi- like, this guy was different. I'm not even touch rock cocaine flow. Which is we, sp- I mean, we spoke about it a few episodes ago with, with Jake One. It's like I, I remember us saying every time we hear that song, it's like we're hearing it for the first time. It's that amazing. that beat. It, it I, I remember the world stopped when yeah. that came out. Yeah. It was crazy. The um, crazy. The the thing you said about Rockefeller. Obviously, I've got to mention it now. I was watching last night. Um, I was watching Rory live. He was just playing. He was playing some Doom, and then Guru jumped on, and Guru was talking about like he was so happy that Doom jumped on one of his beats so he did um uh, doom did doom slayer the re- uh, doom slayer the remix and guru sent it to him in a certain way with the skit and the beat and he said doom arranged it himself that's why i realized oh my god this guy was just arranging his own shit however he wanted because he had his own vision he knew that's just mm. that's the power of, that's the power of doom he yeah. just he honestly um I did think of Young Guru when the news broke because I remember a few years ago, mm. you and I were talking and you were like, yeah, Guru's a massive fan that's, of, of, of MF Doom and that, De La Soul. That's his people. And, like, Doom is his people's. Like, the, like um, Big Ben is someone that is pretty much like, with, was with Doom on stage. He was, he's been with Doom forever. Guru grew up with him. So Guru would always say, like, Big Ben, that's, my, that's like my family. Like, since the age of 17, they've known each other. Right. So 
these like things like that it's, it, it hurts it, that's what i'm saying like we have to always think about those who knew them mm-hmm. um who knew doom their friends and family they're lo- like real loved ones not just oh i'm a i'm a podcaster i'm my name is summit i love doom i've got cassettes vinyl the seven inches all of that bro these are people that knew him as a person worked with him like, like think about mad lib and like all them guys like come on Mr. Where's Mr. Fantastic? I need to. I need to talk to Mr. Fantastic. Right? That's one of um. That's one of hip hop's biggest mysteries, man. Who Come is on, he? Come on, man. Is that Count Base D or something? What's going on, man? I need. I need, I need to know. Potholders. Potholders. <laughs> big tune. Big tune. Look, but what I'm saying is, is that this guy was themed albums, characters. Yeah. Like you, you, you know, it's crazy because oftentimes, and you know, rightfully so, Kanye West gets a lot of credit for every album sounding different. And I'm not going to talk about the quality today because that's subjective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the most part, his albums all do sound different. Yes. Listening to Doom, he should get some of that credit too because the mouse and the mask sounds totally different mm. to Mad Villain. Ma- uh, Mad Villainy. Mad Villainy doesn't sound the same as Born Like This. Take Me to Your Leader doesn't sound anywhere like Neruvian Doom. Do you know what I mean? Word. word. So I think even though there's a common thread running through all the albums where it's distinctly him, there was always something just different that kind of put each project in its own unique space. And that's not, that's not easy to do, you know? It's, it's not, not easy, easy to do at easy. all. Dude, the man said it got more soul with a sock with, with, with a hole. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah Like, yeah. come on, man. He's talking about the four walls. What does he say? Yeah, what does yeah. he say on Lickapon? The, um, he says, four sides to every story. If these walls could talk, they would probably ignore me. Like, this is like, <laughs> like it's like Seinfeld level, like dry humor, sarcastic humor, but it's fine. It's high level. And he took that to rap and he could do it. And you know how many people have tried to do that and have failed? They can't. They're still doing it to this day. I, I can, I can listen to rappers and you know, they're purely influenced by doom and his style and his, and the way he would hit a, hit a track. He's just, he is one of one. Um, and he can't do it. They just can't do it, bro. Like I'm... you talk about, but you talk about other rappers. One, one of the notes I've got here is that his, his spectrum of influence is very wide. Yes. And that const- const- constipated monkeys and that come on curious. Are you mad? Are you mad? That's an ill name, you know, constipated monkeys. Come on, man. Look, this, I'm saying he's, he was there. He's there, man. Like, yeah. Your old Droog. You can hear doom in him. Mm. West side gun. Most death. Yeah. Talib Kweli, everyone, and think about all the different styles and colors in the names I've mentioned. Do you know what I mean? Like he he influenced a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. No, it's, it's testament to his skill level. Like he he really is the villain, bro. Like he made it cool. <laughs> he made it cool to not turn up to shows. Yeah, bro. People would go to shows just to say, look, I wonder if he's gonna turn up. I'm it's crazy. Like He's... I couldn't pull that off. Imagine me doing a show and say I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna show up, and I send Tyrone from the barbershop. People would be heated, <laughs> bruv. I mean, I know, he, I know, he, I know he caught some flack for it, but it, I, I think in some ways it added to his, um, his aura and his mystique. He, he, he didn't. He, that was he wanted to do what he wanted to do, and I, and I love that. And and he played the character, and and just the whole story of how he got to be the 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 villain. It's just like it is like any comic book. He was down and out. He tried. And they turned him. He turned heel because they yeah, yeah, made yeah. Him, they made him yeah. this way. It's Lex Luger. It's this Lex Luthor. Sorry, Le- not Lex Luger. That's a producer. No, Lex Luger does work too. He turned heel too. So you're all right. Right, right. Luger. But but my thing is, is like that's the thing. It's it, and 
the way he was able to keep this up for so long, man, loved, loved and revered the illest lines. Just, it's, you know, it's, it's like I was watching the thing. Was, I've been seeing a lot of videos of Mo Steph talking like about Doom and his lyrics. It's just the, it's the crazy small, like the lyrics that you probably don't like all caps. People will like, like I did. I would always go, you know, call me your majesty. I'll go for the go to, you know, the genetic, like the ones that people know of. Right. Yo, don't don't, you know, sweat my mom's, yo, all of that. Right. But if you listen to him and listen to his catalog, there's a small nuggets that you just you miss that are the best lines. Yeah. They yeah. The best. Lines. I've got a, I've got a couple of my favorites here. Um, I love on a uh, rock cocaine flow. Yeah. And he says, I'm going to read these, even though I'm an MC, I dare not mess up his lyrics today of all days i'm not doing it so um when he says um and still old bills pay dues forever slay use when it comes to who's more cleverer used to wore a leather goose v with a fur collar and charge the fee for loose leaf words per dollar you heard holler broad or dude we need food eat your teams for sure the streets sure seem rude and he he goes um for fam like the partridges pardon him for the mix-up battle you for your atari cartridges and put your kicks up it's a stick up and then the beat changed as well i'm like come on like are you mad? And he's a nerd as well, by the way. He like he like Star Trek, all of that. He loved all of that. Of course, you look what he did. What he did is you can't you can't keep that up if that's not you. Mm. It's it's yeah. who you are. It's again like I remember The Rock when he said um, when he went into movies, and I think he said Will Smith told him he said when you're in the WWE, you're on a smaller screen, so you need to exaggerate your character. When you get to the big screen, you got to tone it down a bit. But in this case, he was he was who he is. Or he was who he was, and he is who he is. He is. You he can't. Is. You can't act that. You can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you can't. You can't act that. Um, I, I've just got to say a line from Beef Rap. Um, Go ahead. A rhyming cannibal who's dressed to kill and cynical, whether this is animal, vegetable, or mineral. It's a miracle how he got so lyrical and proceed to move the crowd like an old spiritual. Yeah. Come, yeah. Like. The wordplay is mad. He's too like. He's too good, man. Like, the wordplay is mad. On um. On um money folder, he said, "Let he who is who is without sin cast the first stone. After you know who's last, it's doom. He's the worst known. That will have your your boom blown or even your thirst bone. Rock it till it burst, burst clone. Just don't curse the throne, bro. When I do um, I did a poor job of that, but anyway, when I do um my uh, my rap workshops, mm. so we go into different like rhyme schemes and whatnot. I use MF Doom as an example for multisyllabic rhyme schemes. Mm. And I often say, because I'm talking to young women who have never written rhymes before, they're familiar with hip hop and they like what they like, but they've never written. And I always say to them that this, and I point to Doom, Cool G Rap, Eminem, I call it the Jedi level. Right. This is Jedi level rhyming. This is not for the weak hearted. And I know I've just watched The Mandalorian. So the Jedi reference is quite timely, but this is, he was Jedi level. Penmanship. I dare not try. I dare not try to write like this because I'll hurt myself. The the thing about people like I want to make a football reference. Doom is like the the great footballers that we lord. They make it look easy, right? Good point. It's yeah. not easy. The, the style, the way in which he says the rhymes, what he's saying, people may have the false sense of security thinking that I could do that when it comes down to it, they can't but that's that's what the great footballers do it's what the great sports men and women do is they make it look easy to make you think you could do that but when you come to the point where you have to write the rhyme and say it and deliver it you can't do it 
You're right. He he is god level and yeah, Jedi level. Darth Vader of the of of the Parker pen. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if he wrote. I don't know if he wrote with a Parker pen. I'm just saying it because it was the first thing that came <laughs> to, my, to my to my head. Now I'm I'm uh, I'm sad about this. I'm very sad about this. Um, it's um... bro. It's 2020. <laughs> you look. It's like you said about Dilla. I think it will probably reach to that level, if not more. I just think that at this point, the money needs to go to the family. I know, obviously, he has he has his masters and things like that but merch you know how h&m do in all these places mm, mm. It's, you can't control that right. and 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 i think this is a conversation that rory and guru are having yesterday which is very important whereas that what people tend to do especially hip-hop fans and we've talked about this a lot about hip-hop snobbery i'm a hip-hop snob but in the sense so am that, i but in the sense that we get so possessive over the fact that someone might discover Doom or may consider Doom their favorite rapper now, but may have not done before, uh, and we go, but you weren't there, and, all, and I understand the argument, but also we've got to find a way to keep the legacy on rather than fight each other. There's right. people who are going to discover Doom now that he's passed away and stream his music more than ever, but mm-hmm. that's how we keep the legacy going through, and people do it in different ways. I just, you think, know, mm. go ahead. Sorry to no, cut no, you. Go no, ahead. Go 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 go. I was going to say, I'm really fascinated by digital bereavement. Yeah. There needs to be a, a documentary or something on it because I was one of those people who'd be like, you know, well, a few years ago, I'd be like, well, you weren't talking about him yesterday or you weren't talking about him, you know, and I'd be like, who are you, you know, and it's ignorant in hindsight to speak that way. And I've had to come to terms with the fact that people will grieve in a way that's people grieve differently that's the best way to put it i think in this digital age where a lot of our communication is done by social media and digital channels so this is going to be the main platform and main avenue through which we we grieve in terms of new people discovering doom i'm excited for them i wrote that on my instagram this morning like bro i wasn't necessarily out buying big l records when he was out on the streets and whatnot i discovered most of his stuff after he passed um there's going to be so many people discovering his music and I'm literally excited for them because they're, they're about to enter a world of colorful madness, weird references, quirky delivery. It's, it's, it's something for people to immerse them themselves in and people can't help when they were born. Do you know no, what I mean? You, so if, if they're young yeah. and they're discovering it now, rock on, let us know your favorite songs. I'm excited for you. I'm we, not gonna. I'm not gonna jump on that elitist nah, snobbery train. Not today. No, we have to. We have to find a way not to do that. Generally, now going forward, because while we end up fighting each other, we're not passing down it. We're not teaching each other anything. We're just fighting each other on it. I, I will. I will echo Snips' sentiments though. That <laughs> in Snips spite of all of this, laugh. Snips makes me laugh. Snips is one of the greatest people on earth. Um, when Snips said today, <laughs> he said, "Grieve sensibly." <laughs> I think um I think someone wrote that Mad Villainy was better than Illmatic, okay, and I'm not going to discuss right, that today. All right, all right, it's all, right. all subjective. But he then wrote um, <laughs> "Grief Sensibly," and I just I laughed out loud in my living room because grief and sensible shouldn't really go together. No. But he said "Grief Sensibly," and that really cheered me up today. Shout out to shout out to Snips. That's funny. I think um I think the point about digital bereavement is an important one in that we. We all, I don't know, it's this 
I might be wrong. And maybe I think like this because I think like this. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't think like this, but, it, you know, subconsciously and all that crap. We really f forget who these people are and we we start... Like, there's no affinity to anything anymore. It's all about, like, I need to be the first person to say R.I.P. Or I need to be the first person to show how much I'm grieving. And it feels like there's... It's like a Black Mirror episode where we're just competing for this kind of perception rather than the reality of what's going on, if that makes sense. I think, like, mm -hmm. with it's really bad because... I was speaking to someone yesterday and she's super smart. And the way she put it was like, it's really crazy because people like we're processing the loss of, of, of some of someone's art and who they are. Whereas the family is processing loss of someone. And we just make that arbitrary. And we just make that like, it's nothing. We just forget that we think about us. Oh, it did this to me, did this to me. And I get it and I understand it. But I also think with digital bereavement is this thing where we almost have to show that we we are hurt by it as opposed to just grieving sensibly. When you grieve sensibly, you don't take to Twitter, do you? When you grieve sensibly, you don't necessarily do that in the in the same context. But when it comes to rappers, we are doing that more and more. I'm going to push back, though, a bit. I think, again, with digital bereavement, and I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm not here to tell anyone how to grieve because grief is complicated. It's very, very complicated and it's a process of which there is no A to Z to navigate it. But I just think, how do I word this? Say it with your chest. Because what, what, I mean, what I mean is I think I'm, I'm not saying about everyone. I'm talking about the people where I feel like it's forced. And, and I think... That's what I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards. I'm not here to say who it's forced or you know, I'm literally seeing I'm I'm seeing people and I won't say who forcing reacting for the sake of reacting. And I think I think that's more I don't think that's productive. Um but just because you haven't said anything or posted anything doesn't mean you're hurting any less. And because you've done that doesn't mean you're hurting anymore. However, on the flip side of things, I think it's dope to see my timeline just full of like metal masks and quotes and, you know, all, all these types of things. Because I'm not going to go out and say Doom was slept on. I, I don't think he was. I could be wrong. I think he was celebrated. But like, if you know, you know. He's a legend. He was. Yeah. A if you if you know, you know. And I think just because people in your immediate circles may not have been speaking about him as much as you would have liked them to doesn't mean that he 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 was he was slept on um but i did say before and i'm going to stand by it the posthumous praise and posturing is going to be unlike anything we have seen before and i'm going to actually be mindful about what i engage with in re in relation to mf doom from 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 this moment forward because there's going to be a lot of opportunistic people out there that's going to be wanting to make money from his hard work and promote stuff off the back of his passing and um if it doesn't go to his family and if it doesn't add to his legacy then i don't want any parts of it yeah true and i'll make a conscious decision but you know it's it's i was thinking yesterday about doom being a cheat code slash a safe word wow when i was in my last job in the office 
there was a guy called Billy Dix. He'll probably never hear this podcast, but shout out to Billy Dix. And I remember, you know, he was he was in the company before me. He was in America for a period. He came back to London. It was his first day in the London office. And me and him just got talking. And he said to me, oh, are you into hip hop music? And I said, yeah. And he's like, do you listen to MF Doom? I said, yeah. And then he was, it, it opened up this two hour conversation about hip hop music. And it, it only came back to my memory yesterday. It's, it's, Doom is just one of those people like, if you're initiating a hip hop friendship relationship or whatever you call it, even if it's a conversation, the moment you mention his name, it's like throwing up the bat signal to Commissioner Gordon. Just letting him know what time it is. Like when I was in California wearing my high roll shirt and people just walk past and be like, give me the head nod and just acknowledge me. His name is, it's, it's, a, it's a form of iconography in my opinion. And I think it's powerful. It's really powerful. Definitely. I look, we can we could probably talk for more. And I think we should leave it there. Um, I wrote something. If I can on. share it with you, Absolutely, bro. Absolutely, please. All right. So I'm, I, I plan to write a lot more this year. And I really didn't want to write about this. But, um, you know, this is a little tribute to, 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 to our man, Zev Love X. So I wrote, after being scarred by the death of his brother, Subrock, and being discarded by Electra Records, Daniel Dumoulin retreated inward only to become a living but barely breathing case study in rebirth and reinvention. As the newly christened MF Doom found solace in the shadows and thrived in secrecy, he would scarcely pop his head out from between the mountainous sample sources he often buried himself under to let off some rhyme-propelled grenades. From Operation Doomsday to Born Like This, every single one found their target. Despite being gruesomely disfigured by personal tragedy and professional shenanigans, he realigned his focus from behind a metallic mask which became a cultural icon of animated authenticity. From boardrooms to boardwalks, Doom, all caps of course, was able to draw out the hip-hop heads like Lionel hollering for a backup from Panthro and Co for any rap ambush. Just before the turn of the millennium, Victor Vaughan turned the underground hip-hop scene inside out and on its head. He continued to tinker with his electric knack for verbal elasticity and quirky flow control. Arguably, his genius period never ended. He was dead bent on bringing us colourful canned goods live in stereo. Metal Fingers had an enigmatic yet omnipresent presence in the culture. I often think of him watching from a control room in Parts Unknown, looking down on us like Sting would gaze at the wrestling ring from the rafters in his WCW days. Just watching, waiting and wondering. Keep your cheap necklaces, but King Ghidra's style and influence holds more weight than any iota of contrived or calculated clout that you can conjure up. Rest in peace to Daniel Dumoulin and God bless your life. You remain the most villainous poet on the MIC. Up in the five-star telly, saying two mic rhymes, speed up average MCs. We're going to leave it like that. Unlike them, we grab gems. We love you. Systematically inclined. Peace and love. I was about saying the producer's name, I'm over the track. Yeah, I said yeah, it. I said what it. you need to do is get back to reading credits. Read the medics alphabetically. Stuff Listen to how he comes in on the beat, bruv. From the top of the queue for three villain. Been on in the game as long as he can really swim. Turn the corner spinning, bust that ass and get up. Dust off the mask. Shout out Gun Guru and Jake One. He got jumped, he pumped his adrenaline. He said it made him tougher than a bump of raw medicine. To write all night long, the hourglass is still slow. Flow from hellborn to free power like Lil Cole. And still owe bills. 
pay dues forever. Slave news when it comes to who's more cleverer. Used to wore leather goose feet with the fur collar. And charge the fee for loose leaf words per dollar. You heard holler. Broad or dude, we need food. Eat your teams for sure. The streets or seem rude. For fam like the partridges. Pardon him for the mix up. Battle for your Tory cartridges. Or put your kicks up. It's a stick. I put your blicks up. He's ready for cuts.